0: You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Uh, we are live with episode, oh my God, what is the six of uh, Sagas and Sass. Tonight we are talking about the first approximate half of Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Um, so it's going to be through the end of part three. Um, which I don't know if you, I have the hardcover book. So for me, it's page like 254 or something like that. But um, so I'm Tara. Uh, you can find me across the web at A Geek Saga. And uh, you guys just want to rattle yourselves off real quick. And then we'll jump to, actually, Nami, if, if Nami, Nami's, Nami's last on my screen, so Nami can introduce herself and then jump right into Ooh. our little synopsis.
1: Oh, this is so exciting. I get to go first.
0: Um, no, you get to go last. Or you get to
1: go first in yeah, the synopsis, wait. last in the introduction. Intro,
2: intro, intro. Intro then synopsis. Mm. So I'll do my little intro. Uh, Nick Popio at Nick Popio, uh, geek extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about Six of Crows and I love it. So that's it.
3: Uh, Jonathan Egan, middle-aged fanboy.
1: <laughs> my it. name is Nami. I I make terrible cosplay decisions. <laughs> all right so we've got another uh sassy intro courtesy of nick once more thanks nick it was a very good intro so uh yeah so we read six of crows through the end of part three and here's a quick recap all right so today we are covering the first half of six of crows we open up from the perspective of someone named juiced but because this is the first chapter of a pov novel we know he's not really important He's just helping set the actual important shit up. We learn about a, ju- a, a drug, not a jug. We learn about a drug called Parem that makes Gr- Grisha like way more powerful. It's essentially the Millennium Falcon of Six of Crows. Wait, no, the other kind of Falcon where you're chasing after it the whole time. But whatever. Anyway, next we meet a Nedge who is important and super badass. She's called the Wraith because of her reputation for being able to appear from nowhere and her deadly skill with knives. She's the first of the crows that we meet, and everybody loves her. She's the best. If you disagree, you're wrong, and you should feel bad. And granted, that is what was written there, but those are also my very personal feelings. (laughs) She also introduces us to two more crows, Kaz and Jesper. Kaz is a young man who has a reputation as dirty hands because he's willing to do anything and everything to get what he wants. He also trades in secrets. So he's basically the Gretchen Wiener of the book without the big hair. He's the leader of the crows, and we find out early on that what happens to people that, what to people that try to fuck with him. He also has a limp, which means that he walks with a cane, but it's a badass cane top, topped with a crow's head, and he uses both that and his limp to his advantage.
3: So it's more than a little surprising when someone gets the drop on him. A merchant named Jan van Eck wants him to rescue the person who created Yerda Bo Yol from an impenetrable prison in Fyrda. We finally learn more about why this drug is important. It enhances Agrisha's magic, but it's also highly addictive. Think crack. Van Eck kidnapped <laughs> Kaz to prove a point and to force his hand, but also offers Kaz buttloads of money to do the job. Kaz recruits his fellow crows, Inej and Jesper. And Jesper, by the way, is a terrible gambler, but a really talented sharpshooter. But Kaz needs a much bigger team if he's going to pull this off. To round out his crew, he goes to Nina, a heart-render Grisha with a past, but at first she doesn't want to help because Kaz wants to save yol Bear, and she thinks he needs to be killed. However, she also wants a guy named Matthias freed from a different prison called Hellgate, and Kaz knows this. Luckily, he also needs Matthias for his job. Matthias will be the fifth crow.
2: Why, you ask? Because Matthias was a Fyrden soldier, specifically a witch hunter, and they track down Grisha, and he knows all about the Fyrden ice prison where Bo is being held. So the first matter of business is to break in into Hellgate and get Matthias out. The plan goes pretty well. They free Matthias, who immediately tries to strangle Nina. We learn that he had hunted her down, so we aren't quite sure why she's trying to free him, but clearly there's something between them, right? Anyway, during the prison break, we also meet our sixth crow, Wylan, the demolitions expert. Except he isn't really an expert per se, but he is Van Eck's son. TLDR, he's Kaz's insurance policy. The team sets out on their mission, but they're ambushed at the docks and Inej is stabbed. Kaz um, overreacts a little and rips one of the stabbers' eyes out to get him to talk. They discover that another gang leader, Pekka Rollins, is the one behind the attack and might also have been hired by Van Eck to rescue Bo. Kaz hates Pekka, and so the game is afoot.
0: (laughs) All right, our crows get to Fjorda without any further um, hitches. And then they have to trek across the icy land to get to the icy prison. Everything is very icy. (laughs) Kaz is planning and plotting as they travel. Uh, Matthias is broody and grumpy, but is impressed by Kaz, uh, but also doesn't want to admit that. He also wants to kill Bo so that the Grisha he was raised to hate will never have enhanced powers again. And considering that on their hike, they come across three Grisha that... uh, have been tied to stakes and and burned to death, uh, we see firsthand just how Fjardins treat Grisha, uh, which begs the question, how the hell did Matthias and Nina have a meet-cute? Unfortunately, the gang's hike doesn't go as well as their little sailing trip. They're attacked by Grisha under the influence of Param, either because Jesper uh, shot his guns or did Nina and Matthias' as loud-as-fuck argument. I'm going to go with the latter. And y'all, these Grisha are powerful as shit. Luckily, Wylan isn't hopeless with a bomb and Nina is just badass with her knives, so they take them out. Nina is horrified and insists on burying these Grisha, despite the fact that everything is ice. Surprisingly, Matthias stays behind to help her while the others continue on. Ultimately, they both agree that Bo needs to die so they can agree on something at least. And that's the break. I, I, I just like that we've just shortened it to Bo now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. She's Bo. She's Bo. So Nobody wants to say Bo Yule by her. Like, no. <laughs>
1: Honestly, let's be real real. If I had to be addressed by my full name every single time I was addressed, I just I just would not be addressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: so uh, I don't really
1: have a ton
0: of discussion questions for this because this is one of those books where like, we have to be because we're only talking about the first half of it, we have to be super careful. Um, uh, th- there, there were definitely some things with uh, the Grisha trilogy where, like, we could kind of discuss them bits of, in bits and pieces and not reveal anything, you know, reveal too much. So, I don't really want to go, uh, and I don't want to go into too much that might reveal more from the second half of this book. But first and more foremost, um, there are. Six point of view characters and six of crows. (laughs) Who is your favorite so far? And who's your least favorite, actually? I mean, like, I don't want to go first. I can, but I don't want to. So who is your favorite and who is your least
1: favorite? Well, okay, okay. So I think I'm going to go first with this because, one, I'm really eager to see if y'all have figured out who I hate.
2: Are we supposed to guess now?
1: Yes, you're supposed to guess. You could do this. I believe in you.
0: Matthias. Matthias.
1: Yup.
2: Isn't he like everybody's least favorite?
1: No, there are Matthias stands out there.
2: Are any of us Matthias
1: stands? No.
2: <laughs>
1: cool. I, I just the worst part about all of this is that I read like reading this book now when like neo Nazis are a thing again, and just no. literal Matthias the Nazi essentially running around. No. I'm like. Uh, no thanks. No, no thank you. Bias, and that's it. He simultaneously bores and terrifies me, which mm. is it just the shittiest no. conversation ever. You shouldn't yeah. be boring and terrifying. Like like the dark <laughs> terrifies me, but he also doesn't bore me. He makes me dab a dude. But there's that. Mal bores me, but he doesn't terrify me. He's a lovely, lovely young man with um some weird masculine aggression problems.
2: Okay. <laughs> you
1: know, obviously though, my favorite is edge. Like let's, we're not even gonna pretend. The reason I started reading Grishaverse is because my friend, Noor, literally bought these books and sent them to me Cause they were like, "Oh, you're gonna love this series. Which character specifically? Aneedge. Look at look at this look at this brown acrobat. Don't you love this brown acrobat and the imaginary uh, brown people of uh, India, the Middle East, called the Suli? And here's your brown acrobat. Her name is Aneedge, and she is lovely. And she is indeed lovely. And I love her so much. And I just support her stabbing all the things. Yep. That's it. that's that's, that's my insight."
2: I love Enge. In her, like, uh, I love Enge a lot.
0: I would say that, like, she's not my favorite POV character, though. Like, I love her, but as a POV character, she is just a, like a little bit too perfect in this book particularly the first half um
1: she has what i consider my favorite chapter in the second half of this book but i understand that like as a pov character she's a bit
0: yeah just a little bit two shoes like and i know that that's like kind of a weird way to put it considering everything <laughs> she's been through but two shoes don't you love it i think i think it's her obsession with like the saints and everything that just really
1: grates on me uh
3: you're saying uh, against religious people?
1: Most, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. I refuse to answer. Well, all right. I'm, I'm just going to go full hog, right? I'm Hindu. So, like, I get a lot of aggressively religious people who are like, you're wrong. And let's be fair. This is, like, two people in my life ever, but also that's like too too many like like butt your nose out of my business it's it's leave leave me and my gods hashtag saints alone um i found it kind of refreshing though because i like in a lot of fantasy stuff you either get religion that is like the gods are real and here they are and they give us our power and you see that kind of worship but you don't really see worship to gods or figures that don't actively exert their influence in the world and are a belief system like irl so i thought it was cool to just you know have a made character who's like super religious but also like super down with murder
0: i mean i get that yeah no i mean that's and that's the thing though. i don't I, like, like listen i don't have a problem with you know oh, just totally. like, the same thing it, it's mostly just like it's more just like the the constant, like, the goody two yes, the, the goody touches is the recitation of like this the, the, the or and not the the recitation of like her knives. Like I like that she named her knives after Saints. It's actually like the most anti thing for her religion. I, I don't I don't know how to put that, but it's it's, it's like it's like anti everything that she is, but also perfect. Um, and that's Alina probably why
1: I love is it so, so much. Happy to have a knife named after her. Like Alina's like digging this somewhere. Whenever he stabbed somebody with Santa Alina, like Alina just gets like a chill in the she arm. She's like, oh, I feel like somebody somebody loves me. She she
3: named them the, the knives because those are her protectors
1: yes yes i mean i totally get it
0: i totally get it but also she does use them to murder people but bad people (laughs) Yes,
3: exactly more more or less
0: and again i like i i love Inej. i do i i and honestly i think we're all pronouncing their names differently which i i think is hilarious i'm gonna before i'm not doing it this time because i want to get it out before like the next webcast and like (laughs) going through and be like this is the these are the names we mispronounce Um, So, uh, uh, I, you know, to to be honest, it's really hard for me. Uh, Yeah, you do. Nick, Nick, and Jonathan, you guys go first because I still don't really know who my favorite POV character is.
3: Well, I like Kaz the best of the POVs, just because I, for some reason, find con men interesting. I was a big Maverick fan, uh, so I've always liked caper movies and shows. So. I think Kaz is my favorite. Um Matthias is definitely my least favorite. I agreed he was boring. I didn't see the Nazi parallel. I saw the more just brought up as a bigot bully parallel. <laughs> so, he didn't I throw think me, I right. think
0: that I think that the the Nazi yeah. parallel um is something that like I I wouldn't have Necessarily, immediately come to that conclusion the first time I read this a few years ago, but right now it's kind of hard not to. Whatever,
1: yeah, you know, going on in this country, like, especially right. around the time that I read it, it was literally this time last year, or maybe give or take a few months, and this was around the time at another like white supremacy rally, and our thankfully ex president being like. Yeah, they're 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 stand up people. What There's fuck? some
3: good good people out there.
1: People Not ex-president
3: yet. Still got two months to go.
1: And I just remember <laughs> like reading this and being like, uh uh what the fuck? Yeah.
2: One and a half months, Jonathan. Just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs>
3: counting the days at this point. What
0: is it, 49 uh, days? 48 days? Something like something that. Like that. Uh, Alright, Nick, what about you? Well, or
3: January 20th, I know that.
0: Yeah. yeah, what about you, Nick? Favorite? Least favorite?
3: I'm like you. I'm struggling
2: with my favorite. Um, I really, I love Kaz's POV. I love Inej as a character. Like you, her POVs aren't always my favorite, but um, I do really like hers. And then I also like Nina's. Um, I think those are really interesting as well. Like everybody else, Matthias is the worst. Uh, I would be happy if he just was not a POV.
1: The worst. Exactly.
3: So I don't know. If, I don't know if this is a spoiler for where I haven't gotten to yet, but it's called Six of Crows, but there are really only five pro POVs. oh because wyland hasn't had wyland has not had a P-O-V.
0: yes yeah so i think i might have said six POVs earlier which is weird because i think i like you don't. did oh you know what i was thinking of I was i, I was thinking of yoast I, I, and, the narrative. Well, actually in that and in that in that technicality, there's seven because there's Whatever. Anyway, but so far, right now, yes, technically there are six POVs. It's it's it's. I, I, I counted Yost as one. Um, so uh, I, I, yeah, and for me, like Matthias is yeah least favorite. Whatever. Like, I don't think that's really in question. Although to be honest, Jesper is really close, only because the gambling addiction thing really grates on me. Um. And, I mean I, like I just I, I there's like a lot of things I really love about Jasper but like the gambling thing like we' just and, and that's that's a that's a personal that's a personal mm-hmm. thing uh for sure um so like I don't hate on Jasper as a character as a whole but like it's so, just hard at times to read his chapters because I'm like, oh my god really dude um <laughs> favorite oh. oh my god uh, yeah favorite like honestly. Uh, Nina whines about Matthias too much, but I love her so much as a character. Like, I think she's yeah. probably my favorite Verse character, like, period, ever Ooh. at this point. Um, she's and then, a lot. And, and I think because of that, it's like, even though her Matthias shit grates on me, in these in this book especially, um, it, It's it's... I just I, I can't I can't help but like I, she's just so like sexy and whatever. Like I'm I do it. I want. She eats all the food that she wants. She like
1: you know what I mean? Like I with Nina and Waffles.
0: Like yeah, it's 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 very because it, there's at some point, I can't remember when it is. And so it, to be honest, I'm not even sure if it's in the first half of this book, but at some point there's like a I think she's like thinking back about she's thinking back about um maybe when she was with at, at the little palace with like Zoya and everything, and uh, being judged for her weight, um, because she's like not, she's not like heavy, heavy, but she's you know, all the other Grisha are like lithe and like you know, they're 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 very, very fit from their working out, and like their their powers just kind of make them perfect, you know what I mean? But like Nina is like, whatever, I just eat whatever the I want, and like, so I'm a little like, I'm a little curvy. Like and, and and it's very like, I don't know, like I just she's just her her I I I feel her with the food and her like zest for life in general is just very uh I, also, I, I I just wish you know the Matthias thing was
1: Yeah, no, I, I low key like feel that she is basically all of my straight female friends who <laughs> have terrible taste in men. And I'm just sort of sitting at the side, and I'm like, "Girl, you're so wonderful. Why do you like shitty men like this?"
0: That's real. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, real. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's real life, Nami.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you, you Nami. Know,
0: come on.
1: <laughs> Girl, don't worry, you've graduated.
0: <laughs> um. So, all right. So we we know who our Terry are
3: getting and- a bit of feedback on your um. Is it mic me? Occasionally, I think I'm pretty sure it's you because it wasn't Nami. And I, Nick and I were quiet.
0: Hmm. I'm hearing like a like a crackly noise. I hope it's not me.
3: That's that's what I was hearing. Was that crack? Yeah, I'm
0: hearing like a crackling. Is that better?
3: So far, no, I'm not hearing yeah. anything.
0: I didn't, I I literally didn't really do anything. I'm just going to sit very, I'm just going to sit very still. I I, I got new headphones. I I did test them out. Like Nick and I talked a bit before this, so hopefully it's not me. Um, (laughs) sorry. Um, so, uh, one of the other, uh, the next question I wanted to go into was it's, it's not so much a, yeah, I'm hearing that too. Is it me? Um, I'm not like, I I don't want to, it's it's not so much a question as a topic, but uh, the treatment of, or ideas about Grisha around the world, we learned a bit about their persecution in the Grisha trilogy, but now we're getting a lot more information on how they fare elsewhere, particularly in Ketterdam or Kirch and Fierda. So uh, how do you guys feel about that?
3: Well, certainly not good. <laughs> um, Great point. The,
1: that was a glorious understatement. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, you know, at, at, at best, you're horrifically persecuted and made indentured servants, and at worst, you're wiped off the face of the earth. It isn't really interesting. After being made footprint. a slave to.
2: Between uh, between the previous books and and this series, is, you know, previously that was what was centered, and so really our only perspective was like how great they were and everything. And so now to have it be a, a very important but almost like a background aspect of these books is is a really interesting shift. Um, I kind of like it. Uh, it's a nice juxtaposition. And then also, I just kind of like the focus on the heist as a whole as being what's important versus um, the magic systems or, uh, you know, those those elements. And those just being a part of, all of everything that's happening, but not necessarily like the primary focus
1: of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, We get, again, we see, we hear a little bit about what goes on in the outside world uh, for Grisha in the Grisha trilogy, mainly when um, Tamar and Tolia show up, I think. Uh, And I mean, I think there's like brief mentions of it prior to that, but it's mostly like when they show up and we start hearing about how uh, the Shuhan like experiment on Grisha and everything. Um, And my gosh, I'm going to, I, I gotta be real careful here. Cause I did, I did like go ahead and like treat myself and read six of crooked kingdom too. And I don't want to like jump in cause there's so much more about stuff in that. But, um, like, I mean, I, of course in Ketterdam, it being like a market city, like, or a mer- mer- merch mer- merchant mercantile city. I don't even know like what the proper word there is, but their, their whole thing is, is you know, the, 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 honestly, like they say they're against slavery, but they're, it's the buying and selling of people. I mean, that's what an indenture is. It's, it's, it's not the forced slavery for sure. Like you can't call it straight up slavery, but it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's one to two steps above that, you know, it's very close to being the same. And, um, you know, I, I, I like, it's like, you know, Nina, she, uh, she she just works at the house of the white rose by choice, um, but we see these other Grisha who it's it's very unclear. I think where uh, what is his name, Ritvenko R- or whatever that's mentioned briefly in the, in, the in, in in. Well, Ritvenko it, R- is the um, he's the Grisha that's in the oh, in okay, right. POV chapter. Like we, you know, it, he he. I think it's briefly mentioned that he like fought for the wrong side it's like where did these people come from that they and what's her name Anya Anna Anya Mm -hmm. that that is the one they are experimenting on in the first chapter like you you don't really get much about where they came from or why they're there but they're they're essentially servants like they get treated well but they have you know they owe their their boss money and they're being guaranteed they're being charged for like their their living expenses and they're trying to earn their way out of that and it's just like and then of course we hear so much more about what the thieridans do to the grisha um which like it is like who's who's even worse in this case you know what i mean like the thieridans yes they hunt them down and and of course it's like really fucking awful. You know, it's awful what they do to them. But at the same time, like these Grisha also end up in Kirch, in Ketterdam, you know, trying to escape one thing or another. And they're they, you know, they they're led into this like life of servitude. Um,
1: you know, it, I,
0: I don't know. It's 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 really it's and
1: a that, lot to like dig
0: into yeah.
1: I and I do think that one of the um like the fact that I don't, again, I, God, God, I can't remember. I read the first half, like, literally the day after we finished the last webcast, and then I haven't touched it yet. And And um, I can't remember if they say it in this part or not, but, like, they talk about, like, the slave trade in Ketterdam, and they don't call it anything else. They call it slavery, and it's, God, can't we I,
0: like technically it's illegal but it's still happens but but yeah. to be fair like it's
1: the the it's it's more like the indent it's it's not slavery per se it's the indentured servitude that you see that a lot of so it you know historically speaking in our world for that parallel it's closer to the experience of irish americans and their indentured servitude versus the experience of uh black americans and yeah. there's slavery so you know there's like you know the dangle carrot on a stick that you can get freed but we all know that that's not real you really can't you so like yeah you could pay your way out but they always increase your debts for like dumb shit so uh yes this one time you took a nap and so you owe us 20 bucks for this nap.
0: well and it's very different from for characters like Enid who were i mean straight up like yeah so yeah abducted yeah. Like abducted. Yeah. And, 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 like, and the Grisha characters who came here pretty much by choice and kind of, again, and again, I think that's, I think that's kind of the difference between, um, obviously Inej's Suli, which is, um, you know, Romani essentially is yeah. what they are. They're Romani. So, uh, but like it, it, it it's, it's, but still, like, was absolutely stolen from her home and brought to Ketterdam and sold to Tanta, Tanta Helene. Tanta Helene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Tanta. But, um, like, I, and then, but then, but again, like, like, it, it, it's, it's, you see, it's like these Grusha. I guess, like, do they know? I I
1: that's my question. Yeah, like, know, it's they kind of so, like, they, they
0: know what they're getting themselves into, but do they really well, like so the
1: other thing is that while some Grisha do voluntarily join this arrangement, the it seems like the large, vast majority of them are being captured by slavers and have no choice. Mm, so okay.
0: I might have missed that to be honest. Yeah, like, so there
1: are mean? definitely slavers and there are definitely people who are kidnapping people for the sole purpose of becoming slaves and for the sole purpose of getting Grisha because Grisha are more valuable as slaves and so you know there's definitely it is not voluntary for a large number of them and I think another thing that's really interesting in this book is that it very explicitly um and also please forgive me if I'm jumping ahead on this but it really explicitly like shows sex trafficking in a child's book in a YA book which is wild to me, but it's also like, dang, yeah, that's true. I
0: don't know if I would call six of. I don't know if I would call six of crows a YA book. I I know that the characters are like sixteen, seventeen ish, but like, I I mean, Red Rising is another series that I, I know Jonathan has read, and Nami, I know you've read some of them, like. The characters are also like in the first book. It starts out with the main character being sixteen, and by the end he's eighteen. And in the in the future books, he's older. But like, it often gets like pushed into that YA category simply because of his age. Yeah, um, yeah I would never
3: book- read. Yeah, I don't understand. I still yeah, don't understand why they are determined re- to a young adult. And
0: and stuff. I think this is a little bit more on in that gray area. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's there's definitely. There's a lot of murder and stabbing and gore and thievery and gambling and drugs in this book. But
3: but interestingly, not not a lot of sex. So that is typical with American network television.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) See, I would argue that for that reason alone, as Jonathan said, there is not a lot of sex and there is not, you know... Like when I think of books for adults, as in, I recently started reading non-YA, and I was like, "Oh, oh, they fuck, they're allowed <laughs> in YA. Oh,
2: they just read a <laughs> fucking these books."
1: Dang. I, I just had a full moment where I was like, "Oh, that's allowed in books. I, why did I think right. that wasn't allowed?" <laughs> and I just, Literally. but yeah, Six of Crows is definitely like that weird gray area. Red Rising is absolutely not YA. I would not give that book to a YA. Um, no, no.
0: But to be honest, Red Rising, especially the first one, actually, really none of them. There is mention of the same there's mention of some sexual things in this in similar yeah. veins as oh, no, to what happened thing. in this book or in these books, but like it is not um it is not like there's not explicit like sex scenes. So that's, and that's why I like, like I think that, that there not being like a lot of like physical intimacy and sex is certainly part of it. But yeah, that's that, I mean, really that's an interesting question. I'm sure this is, this is pushed as YA, but yeah, I, I really do think it's in that gray area where like, would I give my 14 year old niece uh Hunger sure. Games to read? Absolutely. Would I give her like, this? Probably not. That, not see, for at least another year or two.
3: Th- that's interesting, because I'd I'd give my 14-year-old niece Game of Thrones, so I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
1: bit more <laughs> liberal, Listen, I,
0: I have a 9-year-old niece who's going on dates already. They do not need any more education on this shit, okay? Like,
1: I also was very much a child who learned everything from books and read way past my level for almost everything. Oh, so, dude! there were books
0: I was reading like when I was, I mean, super young. I'm, yeah. There was one I read when I was probably nine or 10 that if my mom had, my parents had known what was in that book. Like, I don't know. It, it was like a horse book or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it had like some really explicit sex scenes in it. Well, I don't I've remember never... where I got it from, but like, I, it was just like, you buy
1: it because it's like, it's, like, it's like the description and the cover and everything, the name, and it's like, wow, 9 10-year-old Tara is like, Have this is Have you guys
3: read, I think it's the Belgrade? Bel- oh, Eddings, David Eddings?
1: Yeah, oh, there, there are a couple. I can't What's remember that? if they were explicit sex or if they were just incredibly raunchy for a child's eyes, and I just remember reading this and being like, huh, that's what, what, I, that's what uh, happens. Uh,
3: I was 15 when I read it, and I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I was like 11 or 12. I, I was 10 or 11, actually, I would say, because at 11, that was when I accidentally read some explicit fan fiction of Katara and Zuko, and then thus exactly learned how sex worked and was incredibly confused. <laughs>
2: but, okay, then.
1: But, well, now yeah, that we've gone off on that, t- that <laughs> You know, just learning my backstory there but <laughs> oh man that also the dragonlance books i read those really young and i think that's the reason i grew up to just be like D is awesome because that whole thing is just like a D&D campaign without actually being a D&D campaign
3: no it is a D&D campaign
1: exactly yeah but like,
3: dragonlance was wasn't it put out by tsr for to be a D&D campaign essentially
1: we're I know they the have novels, Dragonlance Modules now, but like there's like a whole book series. Yeah, the whole series.
3: Oh, of I novels. know, I know. Yeah. But that was based on the,
1: yeah. I don't know. Was it based, it was on, based on the game? Oh yeah, no. Like like their mage full on casts fireball all the time, and I remember being like, wow, like fireball is really crazy powerful. But also, it's the only spell this guy knows. Okay. <laughs> well i mean and, and
0: and I don't know how much detail we want to get in on this and into on this, but um uh you know regardless of the lack of like physical intimacy and sex in this book um there is like so far a lot of gambling and uh a <laughs> lot of murder, and uh there's also you know year to which is clearly like uh very. It, it, at this point in time, we don't have any Grisha who are taking it by choice the first time. Um, the problem is, once they do, they're so addicted that they're like, we, we see that they're, they, they're, they, they, they like need it. Um, I, and, and one of the things I thought about discussing was, was the intricacies of like what you would compare that to in real life. But uh, to be honest, like, I think just mentioning the fact that like, this is a really bad drug and it, it, it does like, it makes them super powerful, but it does really bad things. Um, so, so, uh, but I, I mean, and that, that in and of itself, uh, I think might be
1: another thing that
0: pushes this a little more into it's like, like, okay. So if we call like the, the white side of the gray area, YA and the black side of the query area adult fiction. I would say that pushes this a little bit closer, like like just, just over that absolute neutral gray line into that like
1: slightly yeah. darker
0: area because um, it is really dark. Um,
1: it's one of but- the things that I didn't actually think about how dark it was despite, you know, consciously knowing that it was technically YA and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know judging and like i'm guilty of this too and like just you know picking my reading choices but judging the reader the the request the appropriate reader age by the age of the protagonist in a book is oftentimes a very f- like flawed way to go about things especially because like obviously they're 16 year olds but like i mean like I- like i could give this to a 16 year old and i wouldn't be surprised if a 16 year old found this and read this but if i found this and read this i would also and if it was my 16 year old i would want to have a very serious talk about like hey there's a lot of rough stuff in this book you okay buddy
0: I read, a lot, I read a lot of stuff when I was younger that I shouldn't have. Oh, so no,
1: me too. I, I had a head full of knowledge and alarm. <laughs> to be honest, to be
0: honest, this is like the least of, like, every Thank YA you. book I've read as an adult, like, I, I'm just like, oh, God, I read way darker stuff than this when
1: Thank I was nine years old, let alone like 15. <laughs> no i think about that all the time like i I frequently have like moments where i'm like so glad my mom is not a reader because if at any point she had gone through my bookshop she would have just been very concerned like so concerned
0: (laughs) but um okay so moving on to like some quotes and whatnot one of the things we mentioned in the little recap was that kaz deals in secrets um so he has this conversation with oh gosh, uh, uh, Gills, which is this is I mean this is like the very beginning of the book uh, mm-hmm. when he meets with them to because they they've they've had some beef with each other I can't remember what it was, um, but there's some Stayed Watch uh, officers who are like supposedly there to keep Kaz or to 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 kill Kaz or whatever, and you know Gills. That this guy from this other gang is like, I had to pay all this money to, you know, figure out who these dudes were. Like you, you couldn't have paid more than me. And, you know, Kaz is like, mm, well, what I deal in is more important. And, you know, money is money, blah, blah, blah. But Kaz trades in information. And he says the things men do, and they think no one else is looking. Uh, shame holds more value than coin ever can. And I think that this is, it's, 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 it, I mean, first of all, it speaks to Kaz's, even though the dirty hands nickname clearly came from him, like with the gloves and him stealing stuff and everything. Um, like I I think that this quote, you know, it says it all, like he, he deals in the really dirty stuff. You know what I mean? Like he will hold—he mm-hmm. he blackmails people. He will hold shit over your head. I mean, I, I think it's that—it's it, in that whole scene where he threatens to burn uh, the house down of, of the the girl that that Gills is is seeing or whatever. You know, that's clearly in love with. And 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 I mean, he's—it just shows like how, uh, how 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 hard Kaz is as a person,
1: you know. Yeah. I think
0: my favorite the thing.
3: irony in that case though is he actually didn't do it.
0: Of course, he, of course.
3: Well, not of course. There are other times he actually did do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but well, when everyone knows you're a monster, you needn't waste time doing every monstrous thing. Exactly.
0: Yeah, which I think was another thing I, I had highlighted. But yeah, <laughs> like exactly like um and and that that's I think that's the thing. He really does have uh, you know, like a, like lines that he won't cross, I think. Like, I guess at this point, we don't necessarily know for sure, but it's, it seems like there are lines. Because that's the thing. Would he have actually crossed that line and burned down that girl's house? To be honest, at this point in the book, I wouldn't have necessarily doubted that. Because the only, like, you know, Ina is just constantly trying to see the good in him. So we, we see him through her eyes a lot. And, um... And and I think that you know she because she wants him to be probably I mean she does absolutely want him to be better than he is. I he's definitely not as I don't think he's as a, as bad as he wants everybody to think he is, but he's definitely not as good as Inej wants him to be or thinks he is. Like
3: mm-hmm. so is, well, or hopefully, no, I don't think she thinks he is. I think she would like him to be. I just I don't think there's any. Doubt that she knows that he's pretty much a, a
0: bad guy. I think she guy. knows he's dark, but she really but did she's in think, love with him. She really did think in that moment that he had burned that he would that she really did think that he had burned down or or had set fire to you know that 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 girl's house. Like she really no, did he, think no, that.
3: No, she believed he would. She didn't ever, I don't, as I remember, no, yeah, she,
0: she asked him, she asked him, she was like, well, what about like, don't, don't you need to go? Uh, don't, don't you need to call somebody? And he was like, no, 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 I didn't actually do that. Like it just happened. Like, yeah, she, she, there was that moment where when everything was kind of like wrapped up where she was like, well, don't you need to go take care of that threat? And he was like, and no, 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 I didn't actually do that. And then she, you know, she says like, Oh, I guess maybe you didn't. Um, and 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 I think that's a thing. Like we do see, and and honestly, I think that's kind of a turning, a little bit of a turning point for the for her with him, because in in that moment she sees that he exercised that mercy, so she therefore expects it from him in the future when maybe it doesn't exist. Um, and and that again speaks to just you know, just she just sees like the best in people, I guess. Um. I don't know. I think she particularly
2: well, wants to see the best in him because he rescued her.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. He rescued her, she's in love with him.
0: I mean, and why is she in love with him?
3: Well, because probably when you're 15 and rescued from by some exactly,
0: guy. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Not a
3: healthy maybe relationship. Maybe.
0: Well, and, and I, well, I mean, I, the, clearly it's not because like <laughs> we, yeah. what is a healthy relationship? Ha! <laughs> uh, first of all, that doesn't really happen in like any YA novel or really most novels period. But um uh no, I mean, I, 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 and also like we, we, from what we know about Kaz, like he is very, I mean, he, he, he does not keep his friends that close you know what i mean like like jesper is just literally like a dog begging for scraps with him like all the time like that's another thing about jesper that maddens me it's like first of all dude get your gambling shit under control like, I get, I know, I, like, I know, I know addiction and everything, but I, I don't know why the gambling thing just really grates on me so much with him. Um like Literally anything else I probably could have handled, but, like, gambling, not so much. See,
1: actually, I think-, I, think it, I think it's because,
0: I think it's because of his, like, things that happen. I, I honestly can't remember if this happens now, so I don't, in, in the first half of this book, so I don't want to say anything, but there's things that happen that it's like, oh my god, dude, like, it's just... But yep. he, he he also is constantly begging for scraps from Kaz and and uh, and and it's like with Kaz it's like I, I just I don't like I can't even be mad at him because like he he is what he is and he does not really.
1: He doesn't, he doesn't pretend to be. Yeah, he doesn't, give
0: them. he doesn't give them anything
1: that should give them hope, I guess. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of your fault that you're
0: hoping for him to be better than he yeah. is. And
1: I, you know, I acknowledge that, you definitely has like a reason to be hopeful with him because she does see that soft side of him. because She is the only one that he is ever, you know, actively kind to or mm-hmm. as kind as he can be like out of out of everybody that Kaz interacts with, he treats one person like a human and one person only, and that person is Inej. So yeah, it's definitely misguided that she has a crush on him because let's be fair, a large portion of it is, dude saved your life from literal sex slavery. So like, yeah, yeah, I, I too would have a crush on the man. That's, this is correct. But he's all, he also continues to be kind to her. And like, not, you know, kind as a normal person and not, you know, kind as the Darkling was to Alina, because that was always with the sense of manipulation. But Kaz is just straight up. He's like, yeah, I want you to spy for me. Also, I think you're neat at stabbing.
0: (laughs) Well, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip the next quote that I wanted to know for now. I'm going to come back to it. But this leads into this conversation between Inej and Jesper, um, where, uh, you know, Jesper says that Kaz is like nobody else he's ever known. He surprises me and Eno says, Yes, like a hive of bees in your dresser drawer. And you know, Jesper barked, barked a laugh just like that. And uh Enos says, So what are we doing here? And Jesper's reply is hoping for honey, I guess, and praying not to get stung. Um, and Enoch says, You know, oh, I guess we're both the same kind of stupid. Um, so it it's 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 very much like they he there's good. They definitely have both seen good things about Kaz. I really think Inej more than Jesper, and and I think it's more Inej has actually seen those things, whereas Jesper just is so desperate for his like approval. Oh,
1: cool. You know, I think part of it might be. Um, obviously, this might also just be me reading into this a bit too much, but I think Jesper and Inej are really good friends, and I think part of that friendship is you know Inej talking to him about shit and part of their mutual interest is kaz because they're both idiots with a dresser full of bees (laughs) and and you know I, i think a part of the reason that jesper sticks around so loyally to kaz isn't directly because of kaz's treatment to him but just because he values Inez's friendship and her opinion and part of her opinion is that there is good in Kaz and that he is you know capable of human emotions because obviously she's seen it to herself and
0: oh I also think Jesper absolutely has like more than a little bit of a crush on
1: Kaz oh Jesper super has a crush on Kaz that was always always there sorry Jesper he's just really pining and and we love him a lot, but he's pining, and it's not going great.
0: But, <laughs> but is he? And oh. here's the thing, though: like, is he pining because he actually likes Kaz as a person, or whatever, or is he I just pining he's bad the- boy? yeah he I, just
2: I, likes that bad boy, actually. yeah,
0: I, I think it's very much a it's he knows it's something he can't have. and Jasper is very flirty and very forward and seems to have it going real good with all the boys and girls that he's interested in, except for Kaz. So Jesper, it's like honestly like when you got it that easy, like the one person that like doesn't want to give you that time of day, it's like,
1: mm. As someone who has that phase 11 out of 10, this is correct. Jesper wants Kaz because he can have anybody else. And he's like, "Ah, but this boy, this murder boy.
2: But I want that murder boy.
1: (laughs) But this murder boy. God, I'm doing, see, you know, I'm doing to Kaz exactly what I hate about people doing to the Darkling. But Kaz is, like, very straight up, like, hey, guys, I'm a gang leader. I'm manipulative. I fuck shit up.
0: Yeah. Also, he doesn't murder entire cities worth of people just to gain power over the entire world. Like, or like, there's a there's a difference movie. between there's like there's like we know Kaz isn't a good guy. Okay, but like we know this. But
3: like, like the
1: levels of good guy. but, but we're giving him the,
3: the benefit of the doubt. He also doesn't have the opportunity to do what you just. To get
2: in yeah, but as portrayed, world. he's more of like a Zuko bad boy than yeah. like a no,
1: I'm, Lord Ozai bad boy. I would say he's a, he's a few steps above Zuko in terms of bad boy. Um... Pretty sure Zuko isn't just casually murdering a lot of people. Loki, I'm sure Zuko shows up to the gang and he's like, Hey, you know, every time you've blown somebody off of a cliff face using airbending, that like they're super dead, right? <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Aang is like, Oh my god, I murdered people. And Toph is like, Yeah, dude, you didn't know. And then, he's like, Oh my god, we've been murdering. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 the like key, like Kaz knows
0: it, but also like m- most of the. I mean, let's be real. The people that he hurts aren't good people. I'm not and saying that excuses it. No, it absolutely doesn't. But he's not literally murdering cities full of innocent people, and I don't think he would do that either. Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like, but, and 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 here here's here's I think the proof of that is that he like when he gets control of little things, right? When he gets control of the slat, he turns it into a place that his gang can live in safely. And they can be warm and dry and have a roof over their heads. You know, it, it, it's, is he a good guy? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He does horrible things, but he, he, he isn't evil. There's a line. Yeah. There, there's, there's like a line. And, 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 and he's a great character. He's a great character. He's fucking Tyrion, honestly. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. um, He's without Tyrion. without the rapiness he's Tyrion, you know
3: <laughs> 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 and, 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 and what Wy- and wyland's Samwell tarly mm.
1: he's Tyrion has that like Poor weird hero complex going on but kaz is like yeah no i'm shitty we we know let's keep going
0: but you know what i mean like like he's he's that he's that gray area character that does really awful things but like in the grand scheme of things it's like Oh my god!
1: You're not as bad as like this other person. Like, there's always a and not also, as bad as this yeah. Other person. Yeah, and also like let it be known that like any Matthias Stan who comes into my house and is like the kaz is terrible, he kills people, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Cas's body count is definitely higher than Matthias's, but Matthias killed people just for existing. They were
0: innocent.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's, fuck that that's
0: the big difference to me. Is- well And also, like. Hashtag we love growth in this house. I think this is a really like just I, I, the difference between the Darkling as, as a bad guy and like really anybody in the series, but particularly Kaz, like we know he's a bad guy. Like it, it just shows how much that Levar Dugo has like grew as a writer between writing like the Grisha trilogy and, and these books. Because like in, in the Grisha trilogy, we've got the Darkling who's just, He's got, there, there's, there's points. I know where Alina feels bad for him, but like also girl, 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 girl. girl, girl. Uh, and then, you know, and then there's the opera who's like, you know, he's not evil necessarily, but he's a shitty ass dude. Like, and, and, and there's really no like redeeming qualities about him either. they really the aren't. The
1: Tunnel Man. Yeah. anybody
2: the Hulu series, The Great?
0: Wow. Oh, I've That's seen so it on my recommendations, but I haven't watched. Right.
2: It. Y'all should definitely see it. It's fantastic. Wait, but the opera series? always reminds me of um, great crap. What's the character's name? There's like a religious advisor to.
1: Mm. Oh shit! Yeah,
2: That's right? Nice. right, right, right.
1: Oh, yeah! Look <laughs>
0: like how you're both when, doing this thing Like they're doing a thing with you, their hands For anybody who's listening to this as a podcast They're doing the Madonna thing Like Vogue They're voting. So
3: we're showing
2: his face but okay. we can't do his face Is uh, <laughs> he no,
0: square? Yeah.
1: Does he have a square <laughs> No. Head? No it's just but He's like
2: I'm... greasy and gross like the opera is. Uh, yeah. And like
1: A greasy tunnel man so you,
2: Jonathan and Tara, you should totally watch it. I think you'll both really enjoy it. Uh, and when you one see this Captain character, the Great?
1: yes,
3: yes, uh, but not the one that was on HBO.
1: No, this
2: was on
3: Hulu. <laughs> on
1: it's Hulu, a, okay. It has Nicole and
2: um. Oh no, I need to know her name.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like sassy and funny and semi historical yeah. and just really good. But yeah, kind of like. like it's like the opera isn't a total bad guy, but he's not a good guy, and he's
0: he's kind of. I mean, he honestly he kind of disappears into the ether. Like he's weakly written, and like you're like, what the? Fuck is this? He's kind of like in the end pointless, really.
3: Like, well, I, well, I was gonna say I don't think he's a real character. He's a plot device.
0: He's crazy. right, and and but but again, like and again, I think that's that's what like like we went from the Grisha the Grecia trilogy where we get uber bad guy and plot device bad guy and. Here we actually have, like, I, like I'm honestly, I, we have characters here. Like, what what great what area characters are in the Grisha trilogy? Like, we could discuss the ins and outs of Zoya being a bitch, but like, mm-hmm. that, yeah. she's done. She's
1: just a bitch
0: sometimes. Like, no, no,
1: no, I'm going to edit that. She is just a bitch always. Like, don't 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 give her that benefit of the doubt. She is a hundred percent a bitch twenty four seven. She doesn't even turn it off. I feel oh, like there's no. a
0: rap song about that. Probably. I would <laughs> she, be is 100% she took bitch. a DNA test. <laughs> she
1: is 100%. That's it. Also, I feel like definitely a Cardi B song would probably apply to her spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, unrelated. I will say that as much as I <laughs> hate Matthias, I appreciate what Lee tried to do with him. As we go on, I will go more into detail of how successful I thought it was but I still hate the man, (laughs) hate him, hate him, dump him up in the dirt, don't like him. Nina, why do you like this boy, this trashy, trashy, trashy boy? Well, speaking of Nina, again, good segue, back to the other quote. I just, this is something
0: that um, I just wanted to discuss uh, for personal reasons, I guess, more than anything, but um, it's talking about Nina and her chief source of income uh, came from altering moods. People came to her lonely, grieving, sad for no reason, and left buoyed, their anxieties eased. The effect didn't last long, but sometimes just the illusion of happiness is enough to make her clients feel like they could face another day. Uh, and like so she was
3: a bartender.
0: <laughs> um, You know, it, I mean, honestly, it... it um, I read it more
2: as like antidepressant. Yeah, right yeah. It, it, it,
0: well, she she is she is like she is like the antidepressant med that works without the zombie stuff. Like I've been on a lot of different antidepressants, and like the one that worked the best for me in terms of like least side effects also made me a fucking zombie. So like if I could go to somebody and have them just kind of like you know, touch touch my face a bit and, like, make me feel, like, a little bit better for, like, a sh- even if it was just a short period of time. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I would... Because therapy oh, therapy okay. makes you feel better and worse at the same time. Honestly, yeah. it usually makes you feel so much worse before it makes you ever feel better. And no this this is this is basically like and and also with the cost of therapy, especially when you have a <laughs> shitty ass healthcare plan like most of us in the United States do, including yours truly. Uh like it, it, the idea of, of of somebody who is an antidepressant without the side effects is like, whoa. 10 out of hundred, hundred out of 10 yeah. would do. <laughs> okay.
1: I think the best part about Nina is that not only is her actual thing, like an antidepressant, like it's literally an antidepressant on crack because think about it, like mm-hmm. even with antidepressants, like it's not making you happy. It's just making you able to not always be sad, which is incorrect. It, it, it's not the same as happy. And, right. you know, as somebody who is still actively on antidepressants, and thankfully I didn't have the the mess that you did. And, you know, I started Lexapro and I stayed on Lexapro. And, you know, it's just been me and my buddy for six years, <laughs> yeah, six years now. But, like, it's one of those things that, like, you know, IRL talking to people about depression and depression meds, they're like, well, you're on your meds, you should be happy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what they do. They don't make you happy. They just make you not sad always like and I think the fact that Nina like full on she's like oh it's not real happiness but I'm like even the illusion of happiness is happiness like it's an illusion yeah but like you can still experience that emotion within the illusion and I think that's like I remember reading this and being like damn I wish I had that that would have been nice like like straight up give me like low-key I not only equated it to anti-depression but I related it to like let like anti-depression with the added euphoria of like also drugs again
2: like mdma or something
1: yeah because a lot of people who do take drugs they take it because they get like whatever chemical stimulant or depressant like occurs from that drug and they get that quote-unquote high and that high could be emotional it could be like you know feeling happy it could be feeling like loopy um if you can't tell i don't really know or do drugs but i just hear that they're in <laughs> the Called the high that occurs, and I imagine that that would involve a happiness at times. Perhaps I don't know. But then they can't find it again without the drug, and I think that's a lot of what I equated Nina to there. And at the same time, I was like, "Wow, I wish this was real." Get, give me those happy pills, fake happy pills, because now you just have the you know actively not sad pills, and.
0: Well, cause that's the thing, like she kind of, you know, she, there's the whole thing about, Oh, it doesn't last forever. But like, again, neither do antidepressants. Like you stop yeah. them and then or you wean yourself off them and listen, all the feelings come back and trust me, the good ones come back, but the bad ones come back too. So it, it, it's very much like, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I, I I don't know. It's, it's it's like I'm torn. It's like I I, I I love the idea of this, but it's also like nah, too good to be true. I get it. I get that well, it's too good to be true.
1: Loki doesn't matter to me. I just want a pocket Nina because full on, like just having like a little Nina on my shoulder, speak like, have you had a waffle today? Like you should have a waffle. Like treat yourself, girl. I'm like yes, thank you. I just I need mean, I honestly I need a little Nina on
0: my shoulder, just reminding me to eat most of the time.
1: Because <laughs> I get oh so busy God. and I just yeah. forget. I just forget. Unless, I think I only ate milk today, and one of them was a piece of cookie cake. So, like, I think like, Nina, like Nina would be very proud of you. Nina that. would be proud of me. I ate cookie. Do
2: we do we need to have like a in our group chat? Just be like, hey, did everybody eat today? Like, just checking <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. I what feel like we need to, we
0: need to, <laughs> I, once, it, eventually, hopefully we get like followers, like more followers on this <laughs> thing. And we can have like a little group on Facebook where like, oh, we're all just like, did everybody eat today? Do we all need a Nina in our life?
3: Unfortunately, have forgetting getting to eat has never been my problem. <laughs> 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 but I do think that
2: it's really important to recognize um, that desire, you know, uh, as somebody who has now been on antidepressants for, Twelve years, uh, and has no plan to get off of them ever. Um, I think you're absolutely right, Nami. Like th- the the goal of an antidepressant is not to make you happy; it is to create a different baseline than what you currently exist at. And if you are clinically depressed, you exist at a baseline where you are your mood is suppressed. And exactly, uh, Nami is making like hand Hand
1: gestures Uh, (laughs) uh, a middle between always happy and always sad is and then i'm making another hand that's going boom down to be like that's depression exactly
2: and an antidepressant just brings you closer to that baseline that everybody else experiences as a normality and So I also agree that like the idea of somebody who could actually not just bring you up to that baseline, but could actually remove the normal feelings of anxiety, of uh, sadness, all those things, because those are normal emotions, right? Like somebody who is anxious is not abnormal. Uh, Not that having anxiety is, uh, clinical anxiety is necessarily abnormal either, but anxiety is a normal emotion is what I'm trying to say. And
0: but like normal normal like 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 the normal level of or the, the 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 general level of anxiety should be at you know x okay like low x and like yes. when somebody has generalized anxiety it's at uh like high x and when someone has a panic disorder it is at
1: like way y like yeah. it, 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 and it's, and yeah. then when 20 happens we all just yeah. have anxiety Oh, my
2: gosh. I was literally talking with a medical professional yesterday about how, like, in 2020, the number of people who have reported like more closer to what like clinical disorders look like has skyrocketed just because of what's happening. So th- those of us who actually deal with this shit all the time, like we're struggling people. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh it together and things like this podcast are all that keep us going.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I really like I have generalized anxiety, um and and, and also PTSD. Um so I have extra anxiety that comes from PTSD like a trauma, trauma disorder, but Like when you add like the 2020, here's the thing, like I had, um, gotten my, I had, I'd gotten my generalized anxiety under control. And I know this does not work for everybody. Do not believe this works for everybody. Um, I, I had medication for when I needed it, which was very rarely. And I was generally able to handle my anxiety with, um, exercise and uh my pets the sound that sounds weird maybe um talking to friends uh-huh. like 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 little like these like little things you know what i mean like i was able to handle my generalized anxiety the ptsd stuff that's a little bit different but like yo 2020 happened and i'm literally calling my doctor because i i there was one day i almost i almost passed out and hit my head because i couldn't force myself to breathe at the uh-huh. like when when the when the covid like when everything with COVID first really like hit me, you know what I mean? And I was, I am a germaphobe to the extreme, no matter what. So like I, I was one of those, I literally was afraid to leave my house. I live by Mm -hmm. myself. I have no one else here to help me with these things. So like, yeah, like the idea of somebody who can just like smooth those emotions away even if it's just temporary is like, and, and, and listen, God, I would pay. And just like people in this book do, they pay premium for that. She literally works at a brothel. You know what I mean? Because nobody like, they don't, they don't want. And that's a, I think that's, you know, actually, that's a really poignant thing too. She works at a brothel and these people come to her in secret to
1: get themselves fixed yeah, mm-hmm. you know? again, nobody wants to talk about mental health and it's it's just the parallels are so so good so good and also yeah. yeah like as a person who never had anxiety before 2020 has given me anxiety and i'm now sitting here like is this what this is like like i hate this this is terrible nina nina come 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 take it away nina please nina please
2: we all so, need a pocket Nina. That's what we've learned yeah, this on this an episode an Nina. of Sagas and Sass.
1: In conclusion, Everybody. I would I would like a Nina and I would like an edge. I would like a Nina to remove my stress and to encourage me to eat waffles and to love myself. And I would like mm-hmm. a Ned mm-hmm. to just, you know, believe in the best of me and kill my enemies. It's five. Oh, really? I was going to say, I feel
0: bad now because I would like Nenej to go find out all my enemies' secrets.
1: <laughs> I mean, also, also like, yes, but I wouldn't want secrets because I don't know, yeah. man. If I have no reason to keep them, I'm just going to spread them around like money. Like, obviously. Why not?
2: I mean, but then true.
1: they don't have power, you know? I really well, think. they've
2: already You've already weaponized them by spreading them around like that.
0: I think, I think the real lesson here is Jonathan is actually probably the gossip girl among us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one holding all these, this information for later, so that he can
3: blackmail us. And we well, have a gun pointed I mean, in his
2: chest. and someone it. whose mother
3: suffers from depression and had a postpartum and anxiety, and I suffer from anxiety, but at a young age, I was introduced to psychologists because the assumption is that, oh, everyone in the family is crazy, so we all have to go to psychologists. and. I just never liked it, so I just have self-medicated myself by basketball and whatever.
1: And that makes my, sense that's, my, that's
0: not tall. the kind of
2: self-medication I do, but cheers yeah. to me. <laughs>
0: that's
2: and, a good kind well, of
3: self-medication. My daughter like, says to me like, all the time, "Like you really sometimes should get some help," and it's like, <laughs> no, I, mean, I can fight it <laughs> right. off. I, I mean, I so I I but I see how. Getting help has helped my aunt and my mother and everyone else, but it's just not something I've ever... And my aunt swears it's because I had a lousy psychologist that was awful. Probably. And that turned me off to them.
0: (laughs) I mean, to to be
3: honest, I think of uh, psychology
2: as like anime, uh, which is to say, I think there is such a breadth that there's probably something for everyone, but you might run into a bunch of crap before you ever find anything decent. Or the, and
0: that's the problem, how long are you gonna stick with the crap?
2: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> Is it worth going through all the crap in order to find the like gem that is the perfect anime for you? I don't know. Well,
0: and in the and end, obviously, them. Nina is the perfect anime. <laughs> yeah,
3: should should I admit this? Should I admit this on a podcast, where my daughter and wife might be hearing? And not yeah. that I invited, but um, you no, know, I, I my aunt was actually a member of a cult for a while, um, not an Exiom mm-hmm. cult, but and I went one year to this cult event that was similar to Est, I guess. And as far as I could tell, they were basically trying to encourage you to have as much sex as humanly possible. Another really good antidepressant.
0: <laughs> Not necessarily healthy, though.
3: You know. I, I was sitting there, and I was 21 at the time, and I'm like, really? <laughs> this, is, this is the advice you're giving to people. You were know, if
2: I I, might have been like, yeah, already Yeah,
1: yeah, seriously. Seriously, seriously you you made the right decision. At at twenty-one, that was exactly how I self-medicated, so you were much wiser
3: than I was. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean the the irony is it was at the time of my life I was having zero sex whatsoever, and but that didn't appeal to me to start.
0: Well, I mean, to be honest, that sort of, like, forced idea that, like, this is how you make yourself happy, I don't know if I would have necessarily bought into that either. Uh,
1: I'm so happy you have cult experience.
0: (laughs) um, Well, okay, speaking of (laughs) cults, speaking of cults, the Druscella. Druskella, I think is how mm-hmm. we would
1: pronounce it. I would say Druskel. I've also just stuck to not calling them that and just mentally being like, ah, yes, the witch hunter Nazis.
0: Hmm. Um, and, well, I, I don't think this is a Druskella thing. I think it's a and thing, but the idea of uh, the water hears and understands the ice does not forgive. Um. I I I really like I just like that line like a
1: lot. So good. Like, it's a really good line. It doesn't you know strike with me personally because you know my people are from a warm place. We don't have ice mitts, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, I'm like that's 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 some good words. That's some that's a very good words. I mean, let's be real
0: though. Like if you're talking about driving in a car, uh, water does not. Hear and understand like you can, Mm -hmm. you can plane on a water like as easier, easier then You can like slip on, like, you, yeah,
1: yeah, you everything's you, terrible in a car. The fact that people are like, cars are safe, planes are not, makes me go, Sweetie, no, yeah, don't even get me started. Yeah, like, oh I my got God. In an argument,
0: I got in an argument with somebody about that a couple weeks ago, like, about how easy it is to get into a car accident. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm talking like a deep ass real argument, yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, like it was I, like it took up more of my time
1: and energy than it ever should. Look, you
3: can get, you can get know, in a car accident in seconds.
1: I I literally bounced off a deer two weeks ago. Like I want to say either like, it was like a couple days after the webcast or maybe like a little bit after, but I literally like full on, like this deer jumped out right in front of my car, impossible to avoid. It just bounced off the edge. And I just sat there for 10 minutes in front of the deer waiting for it to get up and run away. that deer
0: heard and understood. How badly yeah. do,
3: damaged was your car? But it did not, did deer it's
1: not bad, actually. So, like, the bumper got messed up, but it's... It, yeah, you got lucky, man, because normally deer oh, are the no. don't forgive end of the this well, quote. The other thing is, though, <laughs> that normally, like, if I had full-on hit the deer, it would have been really bad, but the way that it came out was literally, like, it glanced off the edge of the car. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, it literally got up and walked away when a cop approached it, and I was, meanwhile, I was sitting there sobbing, and he, and the cop was Wait, like, There was a cop there? Well, there was a cop there directing the deer? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Six
0: of Crows, and I don't even care because the idea of there being a cop like directed the deer.
1: <laughs> Okay, so what happened was like, I hit this deer, right? And there were like three cars that were on go- that were opposing traffic. This was like five minutes away from my house, and it's on a road where cops always lurk. So I'm pretty sure that these the, the people who witnessed it either called 911 when they saw that I wasn't moving the car because they were like, oh, shit, what if she got hurt? Meanwhile, I was sitting there in my car crying because this deer was literally just staring at me and blinking. And I was like, I know I hit you. Stop looking at me, you <laughs> asshole. Was yeah. it white? Was it the white stag? Did you need those horns for your collar? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I did. I, I, full on, if it wasn't a doe, like, I needed those horns, doe. Oh, it was a doe, damn it. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I was sitting here, and, like, the cop pulls up behind me, and I'm, like, sobbing in my car, right? He's, like, ma'am, are you okay? And I was, like, I think it's looking cute. at me, and he's, like, hi, my name's Eddie, like, are you okay and i'm like i'm not hurt but i'm emotionally also happy. this reminds
0: me of the gilmore girls episode where a deer runs into rory's, rory's car and not- makes her yeah. late for her for her exam anyway okay 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 so so uh, back to the
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm really about to stay on track
0: no honestly that story was amazing and i am not regretting at all that it was included in this webcast yeah,
1: no, the um, um, eventually went and like just looked at the deer and like he, he like he tried to like help it and like move it to the side but in the process of reaching to it the there's literally like, a
0: deer in the headlights nami what do you even yeah. do you got to turn off your headlights and move the cars
1: i know but i wanted to make sure it was okay hilariously my sister also passed me on the way home and as she walked into the house, told my mom that there was some idiot just sitting behind a deer on the road because she didn't want more people to hit, it, hit the deer. And I was like... I
0: was Knowing like... your family
1: and your sister, this does not surprise
0: oh my me God. at all. Okay, so um, anyway, the water hears and understands the ice does not forgive. Uh, I just, I, I mean, do we have any thoughts on this? I, I... I i like the quote i i think it's a really good quote i think it's also like it's hard to uh, it's like I, i like i love the quote so much but like it's hard to like
1: it it definitely like fits with the mentality of people from an icy place like like it's the kind of stuff that i that like you know I would expect like some sort of like desert quote equivalent from like you know people who grow up in the unforgiving desert and something about the water hears and forgives but the sand does not love or you know something like that because it's like it's like very deeply tied to how they exist as people and like it, when everything's frozen in Furda, it's like yeah like I'm sure water sucks too but like God fuck the ice.
2: So I like it because it reminds me of. The idea that you can totally understand where somebody's coming from, you can even potentially be like, "Okay, I get it," but that doesn't mean that you have to forgive them for what they
1: did. I did not read that deep. That's that's good. That's-
0: well, I think- yeah, I, I I I saw that, and I also see. Um, I mean, to be honest, I see like the idea of like it. It just speaks to like the fear and culture as a whole. Like Nami said, like um, like they they have their rivers. They have Gel, who is the Gel. gel I don't know from the 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 he's like a, a the what like the spring, you know, like coming from underground, like the 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 water spring of like life or whatever. Um, and of course, they they do have a coast, although they don't appear to like. Too much on that, like. <laughs> these people, like, let's be real. The the crows were able to just land there and just kind of like walk, away. like you know, they're just able to land <laughs> and
1: like walk away, like oh, nobody. What deal- a waste of good water.
3: It, I got news you. It's easier to land. The ocean is large. It's easier <laughs> to get through patrols than you think.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've never tried to sneak into a country via the ocean, so I cannot say that. I understand this, but also, yeah, no, that tracks.
3: Especially yeah, before radar, seems
1: also sure. especially if people are just not actively, you know, beaching all the time. Which I suppose you wouldn't do if it was Iceland.
0: But I think it's very interesting to me that this is like such a—it's like a common feared and saying, except for the fact that, like, do they hear? Do they understand?
1: No, nah, they absolutely no. Don't. They're very,
0: they're very cold, hard people. No, they're these.
1: Yeah, they, they don't understand. They well, are um, nice. Well, I mean, you know,
0: most of them are most of them are very fine people, Nick.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's fine people amongst them, Nick. There were good people on both sides.
2: <laughs> if there's yeah, ten there are few people good in the group and nine of them are Nazis. You have ten Nazis. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I absolutely think like you know the thing with that quote is they're like, yeah, the water hears and understands, the ice does not forgive. Bitch, we are the ice. Drop mic. Yeah, that that's what that's really what it
0: is. That's really what it is. Like, like there's no um
1: They're yeah, just putting you up to be disappointed in their humanity.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and we'll we learn way more about that in the second half of this book, which we'll talk about in two weeks. So uh but because I don't want to like bust in oh god, it's so hard for me to like not talk about the second half of this book. Uh, but because I don't want to do that, do you guys have any last thoughts about this particular, like the, 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 like the first, you know, half of this book, um, the characters we met, the things that happened where, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to talk too much about where they might be going in the future, but I, last thoughts.
3: Well, I mean, I'm I'm finding myself I'm enjoying this book more than I enjoyed the last, and I, I did enjoy the first trilogy. I think this is better. I think it's it's more intimate. It's, it much. So I if you now and capers have always I've always been hooked on capers. Shout out to Harry Harrison and the Stainless Steel Rat, one of the great caper science fiction series of all time. For anyone listening, <laughs> that no one has heard of anymore because he's was written in the 60s.
0: <laughs> yeah, to be honest like as because I read the Grisha trilogy first and I had like a very personal connection with like a lot of things that happened in it when I read these books the first time, I was like, I mean, they're super super good, but do I feel that connection with them? I don't know. But no, yeah. Now reading all of them again um and I read them back to back the first time too, but like reading reading all of them again, it's it's like, yes, these are Better characters. There it's a better written book. Um Heist things, like I I have this weird, like I I actually really love heist stuff. Uh like I I don't care how bad the oceans movies are, I can love them. Dude. They're bad. I recognize that as a whole, these are bad, they're not great film, but I don't (laughs) care. I love them. Like so, okay. and this 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 is but this is like that but with like actual characters that i give a shit about so
1: big same like full on i'm the person that i love oceans eight because even though it's cheesy and their whole thing is heist but with girls i'm like heist but with girls
2: same big same
1: <laughs> so like yeah full mood and like like i when i got these books i devoured six of crows in one sitting, like probably three, four hours, I was done and I just remember finishing it and then being filled with anxiety for the cliffhanger it left on. And I was like, and now I need to go back and read the creature verse to put off the inevitable end. And so that's what happened with me. And like, I love these books so much because it gives me the high of a heist with also the satisfaction of a diverse group of cat, like a diverse cast, because, you know, we didn't really talk about Wyland, but like clearly, you know, something's up with this kid. And like, you know, we got an actual disabled character because Kaz with his foot in his cane and it doesn't stop him and he still continues to be badass. We have Inej, a, a brown woman who like, you know, kicks butt. We've got Nina, a plus size woman who kicks butt. We've got, we've got Jesper, a black man who presumably has ADHD, who kicks butt. And we've got Oh, who definitely has ADHD, sorry. I, I I know I said presumably mostly because I couldn't remember if it was like actually addressed in this half of the book or not. But yeah, Jesper has ADHD. If, if, if if I don't ADHD. think that's, I, I,
0: I think that even if it's not specifically addressed, it's pretty, well, yeah. for anybody who has ADHD, is pretty evident. And
1: nervous. then, you know, Wylan, and this isn't the spoiler, but Wylan has dyslexia and, you know, and they also have obviously queer characters with Jesper that flirts with everything that moves. And, you know, and I just, God, I love all of it. I love all of it. Love all of it. Give me diverse heists. Heists.
0: Well, and, and also, we're still, that's the thing, like, we're also still give, given this, like, magic system that we now, agra- granted, we had, we have just read the Greaser trilogy. And I know not, I, honestly, I, I don't think many people start with that because I know Nick read Six of Crows first. You read mm-hmm. Six of Crows first. Um, I, I feel like, my One of my other friends who actually I found out about this book series from read Six of Crows first. So it's like, I feel like everybody starts with that and then goes back to the
1: Grisha trilogy. But like, I feel like unless you actually started reading the Grisha trilogy when it was originally coming out, starting with Six of Crows is the way to get people hooked into this series because Six of Crows is objectively the better book.
0: It really is. It really like, I mean, a, this duology. Yeah, would that is may like, turn you
3: off to it though? If the other way, if you go the other way, because you're like, uh, oh, why would I read this? This is this sequel's terrible, or this prequel's terrible.
1: And it's also it's one of those things that like this is again not to say that like um the Grisha trilogy is bad. It's just that like it's kind of you know average when you right, think, it's, but, but yeah, it. Becomes it's,
3: a, it becomes a letdown if you read it mm-hmm. first.
1: Yes. yes. If somebody like raves about a series and you know tells you to read it. You expect you know a little above average. It's one of the reasons I never ended up reading like Divergent or The Maze Runner because people were like, "Yeah, I love it." And I started reading it. And I'm like, "This is basic this Shit, I'm out." <laughs> I dropped the mic <laughs> and so I don't have a mic Nami is
2: not a basic bitch, y'all. I,
1: mean, um, I, I am, but well, <laughs> and I, I
0: think that like yeah, I mean, I, like listen, like I do think the Grisha trilogy it's good. It's good as like its own thing. Um, but yes, again, like that's why we absolutely had to read that one first, even though Six of Crows is the one people usually read first. And to be honest, I think this is—I think that is the reason why they Netflix is combining Six of yeah. Crows, with, <laughs> sorry, with the Grisha trilogy because they know that. They would. There, there is. There is. A, they're going to reach a bigger audience and hook a bigger audience with a com- combination of the two than they ever would if they just started with the Grisha trilogy. Yeah, are going to be them. I don't know. Like, I'm. I'm to be you're honest, I'm. Be very, like
3: eight episodes.
0: Well, and, and and that's the thing. We don't know how much they're going to cover. I'm very interested to see how they're going to combine the two because. Yeah. Well, Six I suppose takes place like a year or two after really? everything that happens in the original like Nina is one of the kids that was sent to um the orphanage, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, she was one of the kids that was sent from Little Palace
1: to the orphanage. So
0: like it, 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 it's it's going to be very more than interesting. A year.
3: I think it's more than a year. I think
1: I think it's two. I, I think it's two because Nina was 14 basically in the series because if you remember um was 15 and he was technically one of the kids but he was allowed to
0: well let's be real adric was allowed to stay because his sister like championed him
1: but yeah his sister championed him but like 15 was like essentially like a kid age so nina was at least 15 when it happened and i think she's 16 in the books so I think you know, having her like saying it was like a year or two which is time so time. crazy
0: because, like, wouldn't you have loved to be to be like that sure of yourself at sixteen years old? Like,
1: damn! Like,
0: wouldn't you love that? to have loved yourself the way Nina loves herself and loved life the way she loves life I at sixteen? That's hilarious. That sounds and I guess, fake, but okay. Yeah, so, like- so,
3: let's be honest, and it's even. I think it's a little bit even in the last 30 years it's different. People grow up faster back in the 18 and 1900s than they do today. Sure. Sure. Okay. I mean I mean what we, no, even no, 30 no. years ago w- what you were expected to do and be independent at certain ages was much younger than it currently is.
1: Oh, definitely. But I think the point is less about the independence and more about the satisfaction of who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. you can be an independent person for a very long time and still not have the same zest for life and confidence in who you are as uh, me. Fair enough. And for reference, Tara is just making a face and pointing to herself aggressively. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I left home at like
0: 17 and I, like, I there's a lot of things I did like, 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 like that would be considered very adult, like in my early twenties, um, including like owning my, like owning a home and, and stuff like that. Like, uh, that, that like, I, I (laughs) but like, That just because I did those things, just because I was independent, just because I worked, just because I had a job, just because I was able to support myself. And this is also I feel like this might be aging myself, but like um, I also just got very lucky in what I did like during and right after college. Um, But like uh, just because I was able to do those things at that age does not mean that I was a complete or confident or happy person. Like I didn't be, I really did not become that person until my late twenties. Um, and, and, and I say that and the, and like the way I am, the way I've been the past few years into like my mid to late mid thirties, that's all I'm going to say there, um, into my mid and late mid thirties is still like, is even more just like a a confident in myself and in my way of life. And don't get me wrong. I still have my issues, but like, just because I, just because I had, like, just because I had responsibility and was able to like take care of myself and stuff and was independent does not mean that I was a confident person who was like happy with myself or my life. And, or, or, or as a woman, to be honest, like with my body, you know, w- with like so many other things, like I, I, and and there's not much that has changed about me, you know, personally or phys- like like physically, really. But like, um, you you there's just there's so many things that just come with age. Yeah, you just you and learn think- to just be to let go of some of and that. To like bullshit. yourself.
1: You know, and I think Nina, like, is such a good example of learning to like yourself, because not only does she unapologi- unapologetically like herself, she's young, and she's also, you know, not a skinny person. And, like, it's rare to see a female character who just likes themselves unapologetically, much less a size female character who unapologetically likes herself, and I'm just like, heck yeah, like, fuck yeah, give us that, because when you look at the other female characters in Grisha, and I'm personally um, talking about like Grisha, wow, sorry, I'm personally talking about like Zoya, Genya, Alina, like obviously they're like confident and doing adult things, but they don't have that. I I don't ever really feel that like self-satisfaction and like liking themselves that you get from Nina until maybe alina in the prologue in the epilogue when she you know gets to retire with her children and her husband and even then we don't know for sure we just you know hope she's happy but like you don't ever get it explicitly stated but like you know like having like being able to be confident in yourself and happy in yourself and like not just confident but happy with yourself is like chef's kiss nina please show me how (laughs)
0: seriously. Like, seriously. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. because I, I'm so afraid that if I keep talking about these things, I'm going to get into, like, future book stuff that I don't want to spoil.
1: Oh, I know, right? Now I just right. want to talk about... So i ah, not to say it. so yeah.
0: difficult. Don't. Just don't, just don't say it. Um. All right. Well, we uh, we're actually right at about an hour and a half, uh, which is I think, like, our general great stopping time. Yay for us. Um, so uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're watching this later as a webcast or listening to it as a podcast, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, and we will be back uh, on Wednesday, December 16th. So two weeks from today to talk about the second half of Six of Crows, which is going to be way fun because it like we've already mentioned it does end on a very big cliffhanger just warning you um but yeah we'll be back in two weeks to talk about Six of crows and then we also and and we'll talk about this again uh on our next episode but we do have a special holiday episode that we're still like throwing ideas up in the air so um i think i i I mean i think we're probably settling on one thing but i don't know i'm not gonna say it now so um (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for joining for talking. Um, and yeah, uh, have a lovely night. Oh, also keep an eye on our Facebook page and whatnot on um, Twitter. Hopefully if I can keep up with it. Uh, we are doing, um, Sundays with SAS where I'm posting, Uh, Some graphics that I made with quotes from the series. I started this this past Sunday. And so now we've got quotes from like, I I think I, I did two quotes per book. So we'll go through, I think, the end of January with these six books. And then we'll see what happens beyond that. But have a lovely night. And thank you for joining. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.